This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, that's a song we uh, usually reserve for Masters Week in April, but I am not waiting till November to sing the most wonderful time of the year. I'll do it this morning because the sun is out, the skies are blue, the country is practically open for golf coast to coast with golf back with Nova Scotia and Ontario today, Quebec just a couple days away, Bob... Golf is back in Canada. You know what's weird, Mark? I was thinking about this just before we came on. This is like opening day of the baseball season. There's no other time that I can ever think of that golf has all started at the same time. And I know we're, we're talking about Ontario here primarily and Nova Scotia, but isn't it? doesn't it have that feel like it's opening day? Here we go, everybody. You know, it, it's funny you mention that, too, because there's also a, a difference in the terms of the rush to the golf course. People are always chomping at the bit. But as you know, some courses open earlier than others. Typically, it's a staggered opening, to your point. Some people are a little bit more eager to get out there with some toques and layers on to start their golf season in April or sometimes even March, depending on how early the spring arrives. Not this time around. Our friends at Woodington Lake are just a micro example of what happened across the province today. Sold out for three or four days in a row. I mean, like you couldn't get another person on the tee sheet if you had a shoehorn. And that's private clubs with ballots. It's, it's maddening, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's it's a it's a good sort of bad problem to have. I know uh, at my course at Weston, you know, they sent around a note and said, look, there's just going to be too many people who want to play for the times we have. Some people are not going to be able to play on Saturday. Uh, and that's what, you know, certain cases have, hap- have happened. I know across other spots in, uh, in Toronto and the GTA where uh, private clubs are limiting the number of rounds a member can play during any particular week. I think Adam Scully at Bayview has that situation. Uh, another good friend of ours uh, uh, who's uh, on the show uh, works in the newsroom, Michael Gallo, said he told me that he reached out to, I think he said, 12 different golf courses and in su- southwestern Ontario and only found one that had an open tee time, and that was at 11 in the morning, I think it was. So, I mean, it's just crazy how much uh, demand there is right now, but it's good to see and good for the industry that, uh, that some, some revenue is going to start coming in the door. I decided, Bob, to just wait a few days, let everybody go on the mad rush, get out there, play golf, and realize that this game is just as hard as it was the last time they did it, get discouraged, and then let the tee sheet open up a little. That that was kind of my plan with the whole thing. <laughs> That's smart, uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we got a busy show. We had an emergency Golf Talk Canada Thursday evening for our listeners on TSN 1050 in Toronto, our home station here in Toronto. Toronto, and we were able to talk uh, to a bunch of people immediately upon the announcement that golf was opening in the province of Ontario. We're going to have some of those interviews for you today. Kevin Thistle, PGA of Canada, Mike Kelly, Golf Ontario. I spoke to David Bradley, uh, General Manager of TaylorMade Canada and Latino America yesterday about the big match on Sunday, the TaylorMade uh, drive, uh, driving relief uh, charity event happening at Seminole Golf Club and how Canadians can get involved with the great cause. We'll run that interview for you. Jerry Fultz spoke to Bob and I Thursday night. He's part of the Golf Channel crew covering the big matches, live sports 
returns to international TV. Golf, really the first mainstream sport to kind of get out there and say, hey, we're back. We're playing live golf again. It's back Sunday from Florida. And also 20 weeks of TaylorMade continuing this week as well. We'll announce our next winner at the bottom of the hour. we got lots to get to. Let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Well, Bob, we set it off the top. We're open today. Good luck to everybody heading out this morning. Follow the rules. Enjoy yourself on the way to your golf course. But Ontario isn't the only one opening for golf. Nova Scotia opening. Quebec in a couple days on the 20th. It took a while, but we all got there. Yeah, and I think uh, everybody right now just has to realize this is probably going to be a little bit different than your normal golf experience. It'll be that way probably for most of the summer. Uh, you know, don't worry if your course has raised cups or pool noodles or you can't rake a bunker or something. I mean, just enjoy it. Go out there and stretch uh, stretch the muscles out there, the golf muscles. Enjoy the social distancing uh, banter of seeing someone else besides maybe your wife or your husband that you've been stuck with for the last four months. You know, make make some fun of it, but don't get uh, don't get overly worried about what you shoot. At least not in the first couple of days. I uh, hear, hear. Get out there, enjoy it. Just be happy that golf is back in some form. And like Mike Kelly suggested uh, earlier in the week, we do not get a mulligan with this. So make sure you follow the rules this morning. Uh, big divide between what uh, the amateur game and partition uh, participation levels are going to look like on golf courses as golf returns versus the challenges at the professional level. Dustin Johnson suggested that this Sunday, as well as when they get to Colonial, golf has a big responsibility to show that professional sports can come back safe. They need to do the right thing. They need to do it properly. Tommy Fleetwood opened up earlier this week and said, if the plan is extended trips to the U.S. without the ability to move back and forth, then that's just not in the cards for a Tommy Fleetwood. And I wonder how many European Tour players are feeling like this right now, Bob. Well, I know that there were uh, initially they, the PGA Tour identified 25 players and 35 caddies that were outside of the country. Um, that's number has probably gone up and down a little bit. I know, for instance, Nick Taylor was was back in Abbotsford, but I understand he's going back to Phoenix now to kind of self-isolate before he gets ready for the next uh, for the reopen. But you're right, there's going to be a lot of players who simply are not going to be able to travel and uh, and play. It's going to be, the PGA Tour schedule is going to be inconvenient for those who play it, trust me. Uh, if you have a young family and you want to play the first four events, well, you're not going to see your family for a month because that's just the way the, the PGA Tour wants things to go. But I, f I do feel for the European Tour players because their schedule over there is uh, very limited and the ability to come over here is very limited. So uh, I think there's going to be a few people who are just going to end up on the short end of the stick when, when the PGA Tour resumes play. And just uh, to reiterate, Bob and I were not on the list. You and I were not singled out as players available to living outside of America. So our opportunity is still not there. We have to wait our turn still, Bob. Quail Hollow, speaking of waiting your turn, 21. I love Quail Hollow, by the way. It might be 
Well, it's certainly in the, I would say for me, the top five golf courses we see on a regular basis year in and year out on the PGA Tour. Of course, home of the Wells Fargo Championship, 2021 President's Cup, 2025 now PGA Championship. And let's not forget that the 2030 PGA Championship just a couple days ago got uh, awarded to Southern Highlands. So, uh, sorry, excuse me, Southern Hills, Southern Highlands is in Las Vegas, Southern Hills. So uh, PGA of America, they've got their blueprint kind of laid out for the next decade of where they want to go with uh, uh, the, not only the PGA Championship, but Ryder Cup venues kind of laid out for the future as well. Yeah, it's amazing how the, these, the big majors can get you know, their, their lineup in order. And, and of course, Quail Hollow, is, I think, is one that's going to be a regular stop for probably PGA Championships and perhaps other events, like you said, Ryder Cups and maybe U.S. Opens in the future. Uh, but they now have all their tournaments booked through 2032. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's amazing how far out they can get these things. And when you look at the list of, of courses, you know, Oak Hill and Valhalla and Olympic and Baltusrol and Congressional, and um, it's, it's an amazing. I know it takes a long time to get these courses set up and to get them ready to play and host these tournaments, but, uh, but man, they, they certainly are looking far out there. And Quail Hollow, like you said, fabulous golf course i just love this i remember being there when justin thomas won the pga and uh and the players absolutely love this golf course as well you know it's amazing bob that so many courses like, there's so many things that lo- need to line up with a major championship and obviously our rbc canadian open is kind of falling i don't want to say falling into this trap now but a victim of their own success in a way which is a good thing these are great problems to have uh t- that you need a venue that can a stand up to the players b have the traffic needed uh, in in normal conditions to have the spectators, corporate tenting, uh, now with concert series, traffic flow, etc. I mean, now that the tournament is such a success and it's been built up to where it was, it's got it's got its own issues. Major championships, the same thing. And one of the things I always find interesting with this too is you need a golf club where me- where the membership, assuming it's a private club, and we're not talking about a U.S. Open at a Torrey Pines, so to speak, which is a bit of an outlier that a public golf course's course lands uh, a championship like that once in a while. Most of the time, it's a private club. You need a private club willing to sign off saying, yeah, we'll give up our course for a year. Exactly. And if you're a Canadian Open host, uh, you know, you're giving up prime real estate or prime prime calendar time during the summer when, you know, we have a limited schedule to begin with. So it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting a dynamic for for any course, whether you're United States, Canada, wherever you're in, whatever tournament you're hosting, it's uh, it's you know people like to have that feather in their cap and say, oh, this is great, but it's still a big, big commitment. You know, it's from us uh, not to get too sidetracked here, Bob, but from a St. George uh, St. George's perspective, which is one of my favorite golf clubs anywhere in the country, certainly here in the city of Toronto, just a beautiful old golf course, and uh, you know, odds are we'll be hosting the 2021. Canadian Open, which will obviously get in the way of the membership next year, which is just part of the process of hosting Canadian Open. When they get to spring 2022 and take a look backwards and they go, wow, 21 Canadian Open, 20 COVID-19 suspended the start of our season, uh, uh, 2019 renovation, getting ready and last minute touches to the golf course, 2018, the frozen spring where many uh, golf courses lost some greens early in the years. I believe St. George's was, was one of them. Their membership in 2022 is going to look back and say the last time we had a golf season that wasn't touched or interfered in any way was 2017. That's a big ask. Yeah, it's a big ask. And um, it's it's great when courses do give up their um, 
their their course for a while for <clears throat> excuse me for a tournament. But you're right, it is it is a big ask for anybody in any course, and you know that's why when you when the court when the clubs have a vote to determine whether the membership wants these events, very rarely is is it a hundred percent. I mean, in most cases, it's it's a good majority, but not everybody wants these tournaments to come to their golf course. And we only have about a minute left. We've got to go. But before we do, Bob, uh, bad news out of the LPGA Tour. We should mention that the Korean LPGA Tour is playing this weekend, so good for them. No spectators involved on the uh, Korean LPGA Tour this week. But the LPGA Tour canceling uh, or postponing their first event, the Great Lakes event, the team event in Michigan, uh, that news broke yesterday, and uh, they said there could be more delays or cancellations to come. They're dealing with a little bit of a problem that uh, that a lot are, and that's the that the res- different restrictions on different states in terms of public gatherings. The LPGA, unfortunately, not like the PGA, they can't really afford to host a tournament without having fans. So for them, it's just kind of a non-starter for the individual tournaments. And in Ohio, there are still some restrictions on there. The four tournaments that are in the in Ohio LPGA event, uh, the Memorial, a Champions Tour event, and a uh, Corn Ferry Tour event all got together to make a presentation to the government to say this is how we can do it. Um, they're still waiting to figure the things out, but I think a team event would have a bad dynamic from the beginning when you're trying to social distance and do all this stuff. So uh, they've postponed that and they'll, they'll push their schedule down a little bit further before they restart. We're jam-packed with the breaking news today, or this week, excuse me, about the country opening up for golf, etc. But next week, Bob, we should jump into some of the technology that they are suggesting they're going to use at the Memorial Golf Tournament uh, that would, in their belief, enable them to allow spectators back. And it's, it's through radio frequency and tracking the spectators through a smart badge. It's pretty high tech. It's pretty out there. We should get into that next week because it might be the future of live sports and cer- certainly gatherings in, in the short uh, time frame, certainly before there's a vaccine for coronavirus. On the other side, CEO, PGA Canada, Kevin Thistle joins us. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Well, earlier this week, when it was announced that the province of Ontario was opening for golf, we knew Nova Scotia was around the corner, Quebec also around the corner. We thought we'd reach out to our friend, CEO of PGA Canada, Kevin Thistle. What was the perspective from the PGA of Canada member? What are the pros saying and how are they getting ready? Here is our interview with Kevin Thistle. Our good friend and the man who gave me my first golf lesson. Yes, I know. That's the first thing he lists on his resume, Mr. Yeah. Kevin Thistle. <laughs> Kevin, how are you tonight? How are you? That's, that's the highlight of my golfing career right there. 
Uh, All right, Kev, let's jump right in. You know, we've had you on a few times. Um, We were forecasting. We were trying to say a lot of what ifs, uh, a lot of guesses. It's here now. It's 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 real. And it starts Saturday. What has been the overall tone of the membership in the province since it became official today? Yeah, I think the uh, overall tone's been relief. You know, I believe they've been, uh, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, which uh, they could be for the last two, three, four weeks. We've got some great signs from Premier Ford that be patient. You know, May 4th, you know, ever since, uh, you know, even back in March, April, we could always uh, maintain the golf courses. But then on May 4th, we were allowed to, you know, bring staff and get ready for, you know, the pro shop, the kitchen, et cetera, sort of thing. So I think we were looking forward to this day. But when it finally comes and they say, wow, we're even going to give it a long weekend, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of relief thinking that, hey, we can get the, the golf season underway and uh, and let's get it going. And Saturday's going to be a beautiful day. So that's a, that's a bonus also. Oh, sorry, I thought Bob was with us here. It sounds like we lost Bob, so I will jump in here. Kevin, uh, and from an educational standpoint, um, a lot of the protocol is about um, sanitizing the workspace, running traffic or managing traffic in your pro shop, uh, things of that nature. A, a, a lot less... Um, I guess I want to say protocol than what we expected in the actual management. We were talking off the top of the show how much flexibility each facility has. So a lot's going to fall on the PGA professional in that facility to make calls that they feel are right for their golf club. From an educational standpoint, how much has gone in? Have you guys been talking about uh, different ideas, different ways of running the pro shop, things to be prepared for? How much communication with the association and, and, and your membership has there been in advance of this Saturday that's been going on in the background while we've been awaiting this day? Yeah, it's been an amazing collaboration with really the, the provinces across Canada zones, like, you know, see that Nag Ontario, which includes the PG of Ontario, who's doing a great job. You know, they sent out a lot of letters, of course, to uh, the Ontario government. And we've had on our um, website, we've had the COVID-19 resource, uh, resource hub. And, you know, it shows best practice. We've been dealing with um, every zone, every province across Canada. Plus, we've been dealing with every major PGA across the world. So we've got the best practices. You know, you, you'll see someone like Alberta say, or Ontario even, will put out best practices. And we've accumulated those. And even this evening, we're sending out another communique to our members because there's a lot of golf operations best practice, but we're also sending out a human resources operation guide, workplace safety, retail best practices, and like a marketing and communication checklist. What we've done is we just don't want to rely that, hey, the staff at, say, the PG of Australia or the staff of the PG of Canada have put this together. Everything we've just described that we're sending out this evening has been undertaken by professionals in the health sector, the um, workplace safety sector. So it's not us saying we're the experts. We're actually listening to the experts. They've actually put these checklists together. And believe me, every province, like the NAG, if I can call it other province, the associations, they put together great practices, you know, protocols, etc. And we just wanted to make sure that we, you know, for the um, smaller operator who may not have the resources for HR or, you know, retail experience, we just want to show them that here, here's some professional advice from, you know, the experts in the industry. And I think we're in good stead. We have seen across Canada that the PG of Canada professionals have done very well with opening golf courses, you know, in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, you name it. 
in New Brunswick, and they've done a great job because we've had the, you know many of the health inspectors just come out and, and talk with us. So we're very excited to get open in Ontario for sure. Kevin, how do you see the role of the, the PGA professional changing over the next few weeks and months? Yeah, I think that it, it could go back to the early days. Like, it's almost like, you know, the PGA professional is going to wear so many hats. They've got to be the steward of the game, but they've also got to be the safety officer. You know, the uh, superintendent is on the golf course. He can't really, you know, everyone pays a part, but the golf professional has to make sure that we adhere to the protocols, make sure that, you know, when they're coming to check in that, you know, we're using touchless uh, payment. We also have signage. We also have, you know, maybe tape on the ground that shows us the six-foot centers. And he's got to make sure that he's the warden also and, and, and be very tough on it. You know, we've talked to many golf courses. They're going to have like a one-and-out or a two strikes and you're out for the year sort of thing. And, and that's what we've got to do. I think the, the professional is going to wear many hats, but he's got to take safety first, of course. We hear it a lot, but that is our main, uh, our main focus, our main message every time. Always listen to the experts, and if they mandate it, we do it. We're with Kevin Thistle, CEO of the PGA of Canada. Uh, Kevin, I'm just curious, maybe you've been asked this already. Maybe a member has reached out to you and asked this question, and it's not, nothing I've heard, but the question has to be asked. What happens, or what's the scenario, or what's the communication to your membership for someone under the PGA of Canada who says, I don't feel safe going to work. I, I don't feel safe coming back at this time. Do you, do you have an association protocol in place? Do you have a communication piece to your head professionals, golf directors, et cetera, to handle a situation as such? We, we absolutely do. We have two. We have one that's workplace safety, which with, uh, was in direct consultation with acute environmental and safety services. And we have another human resources uh, operation guide, which was uh, developed with the law firm of Pro and Silverman. So we took the legal side of things and we also took the workplace safety side of things. And this is being communicated to our members because, in essence, they have the right. And, and it's very, very clear. We've not been asked this yet, but it's very, very clear that if, if, if they don't feel it's safe or if they don't feel they're getting the uh, support from whoever, their management, the owners, whatever, they have the right to stay home. And we've given them legal advice here. We are not the experts. I've always said that. I've said that for 20 years, actually, that we are not the experts, but we have the experts' advice, and we have sent this to our members to make sure that they feel comfortable in whatever decision they make. Kevin, there's a lot of roles for the PGA professional, obviously, and, and, it, and one of the ones that, uh, that I've heard a lot about from, from today is, what about the teaching professional? What about lessons right now? <laughs> Can you, I mean, I know people are doing online lessons and getting very creative in how they're teaching and stuff. What do you see for the future of that? Do you think people will be taking golf lessons this summer? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the great thing about uh, the golf lessons, it really is just like golf. You know, it go to the days where someone has to take your hand and put it over your, you know, your right shoulder and uh, get your left, you know, your Bob, so over your left shoulder, <laughs> et cetera. You know, those are the days. You know, we have seen that in a lot of the provinces, they have said that at the driving range, we're going to do 12-foot centers because most of them are around 9-foot centers already. So 12-foot centers, so there's, there's safe distancing between golfers. A one-on-one -on -one lesson is no worries whatsoever. And I've even seen, you know, protocols around groups of two or three because, you, you know, especially adults, you can safely diss them. But I, I see that, you know, that many people will be coming, you know, sort of, you know, offline and online. And even as of Tuesday, 
actually the indoor facilities are allowed to be open. So you'll see a lot more live lessons starting tomorrow, actually. And I, I believe it's very safe. It's like anything. If we go to the grocery store, if we go to play tennis, if we go to the indoor dome, just keep safe distance. And that's the main thing that we keep saying is that there's a lot of things that we can get back to if we all play our part. And, and it's just two meters that is the most important thing right now. Yeah, that is very well said, Kevin. And the responsibility is now on us, the individual, and in, in terms of the golf column, the golfer, the golf community. Uh, let, let's abide by the rules. Let's stay in our lane, and we get to enjoy the thing, the things we love and the things about this game we love. So, Kevin, thanks so much for your time. You've been a real uh, positive voice, positive energy as always, like you always have been. And you and your association have taken a great leadership role, been part of the uh, puzzle and how to put this back together and it's always appreciated, and we thank you uh, for your time. And I look forward to playing golf at some point this year with you. So uh, stay safe. Get out there. Uh, play. I know you still have a lot of work to do from your, from you and your association standpoint to get these doors uh, physically opened across the entire country and keep the ball rolling downhill. But well done. And thanks again for jumping in with Bob and I. Thanks, guys, and yourself and, and Bob. Keep up the great work on social media. You really are giving us a lot of uh, great information and insight. So thanks so much. Kevin Thistle, CEO, PGA of Canada. Always good to jump in with Kevin Thistle. Tomorrow, Sunday, 2 p.m., CTV, TSN, Professional Golf Returns, TaylorMade, Driving Relief, General Manager, TaylorMade Canada, and PGA, excuse me, and Latino America, David Bradley. He joins us next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Another busy show as almost the entire country is opened up for golf now. And uh, if you're not already playing this weekend, you're about to start playing. And the other sign that things are starting to creep back to what might be normal, live golf returning tomorrow, Sunday. It is the TaylorMade Driving Relief event. Of course, DJ and Rory taking on Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler. Joining me now, good friend of the show, good friend of ours, general manager of TaylorMade Canada and Latino America, David Bradley. David, thanks for doing this uh, with us this morning. Hey, thanks, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Uh, just uh, just out of the gates, how excited are you are just to have professional golf back to see you know the team TaylorMade guys pegging it up on, on a, an international broadcast? I think the timing couldn't be any better. You know, I'm tired of getting, I'm tired of watching reruns of CFL football and uh, and cornhole championships and uh, you know South Korea baseball. So it's super exciting. We're starved for some live televised events. So uh, we're really excited about it coming back. 
So we've got some pretty interesting golf actually happening tomorrow. And like you said, I'd pretty much almost watch anything, but this is better than anything because we've got four really big names, of course, all attached to Team TaylorMade in some capacity. And it's going to be a little, it's going to be more than just an interesting skins game with some different formats. Guys carrying their golf bags. How weird is that? Now, they're going to be using that Flex Tech uh, carry bag. It's not like they're going to have their staff bags out, but they're going to be carrying the Flex Tech TaylorMade carry bag. But it's going to be weird to watch some of the best players in the world lug their own equipment around. It's going to be really interesting to watch that, usually with the caddy carrying the big heavy bag and that sort of thing. Well, you're, you're familiar with that because you've got your own caddy. But, no, it's going to be interesting to watch these guys strapping on the bag and, and walking this golf course, which, you know, is a phenomenal golf course. But what's really nice about it is the fact that these guys dedicated their time, donated their time graciously to this to this event. They're not playing for FedEx Cup points. They're not playing, playing for trophies or world rankings. They're playing for something far greater than that, and that's the health and safety of uh, communities in the U.S. and throughout the world. So it's just a, it's a fabulous event, and we're starved for, for some uh, – televised TV, so looking forward to it. Now, some inside sources told me, you mentioned the golf course and how fabulous Seminole is, and for the last couple of weeks I've been kind of suggesting on uh, Golf Talk Canada here that uh, one of the hidden wins in all of this is that we get to see Seminole on a, on a global TV scale. You've played it. My sources tell me you have been there. You have played it. What can you tell us about Seminole? Yeah, well, my game was definitely wasted on this course, for sure. This thing is Honestly, it was on my list, and uh, I went down to, to Florida with uh, three or four other buddies, played uh, Old Palm, Lost Tree, played Medalist, and we actually we were able to get on uh, Seminole. And I, it's, it's hard to describe outside of the fact that it's, um, you know, it's actually fairly hilly. It's got some undulation. It's got some uh, elevation changes, which you don't really see in Florida, but it's got a 40-foot high ridge in the back of the golf course in the west corner of the golf course uh, where there's three full holes on top there the rest of it's basically a basin um, that Donald Ross uh, drained and designed uh, way back in the geez man 1936 I think it is and then there's another sand dune along the coast where you play up into that and along the sand dune so it's it's not a flat course at all it's actually going to be really good for TV it's going to be fun to watch this and the greens are diabolical, like a typical Donald Ross would be. Would be little pushed up greens, hard, fast, uh, and you've got to be accurate. And the wind plays havoc because none of the holes you know are consistent in terms of how they run and how they're designed. So the- yeah, I heard I heard Bob Ford, of course, head professional, legendary Bob Ford, also part of Team Taylor, the advisory team in the U.S., uh, who's the head professional at Seminole, say that if they could keep it firm and fast like it's playing right now, that it should be a lot of fun for these guys. Now, you, you mentioned the cause in the U.S., but there's a Canadian connection here. You, you here in Canada have done a lot of work and have got some uh, – support uh, in place for a COVID-19 ca- cause of our own here with 160 Canadian hospitals attached to this event. Explain yeah. a little bit about what's coming, uh, what, what's part of this Canadian push and how people can get involved. Yeah, when we first learned about this event, um, you know, obviously it's, it's more U.S. by nature or global by nature in terms of the partners they've chosen and the funds that they've chosen to actually uh, support which is the American Nurses Foundation and the CDC Foundation. So we wanted to actually do our part locally, get Canadians involved with a great cause. So we had to move really quickly, reached out to the uh, Frontline Fund, 
um, which is a fabulous foundation that they just uh, opened up, just started, created about, I'm not sure, a few weeks ago. <clears throat> and it supports, like you said, 160 hospitals across the country and the frontline workers that have put their lives on the line uh, during this epidemic, right? So this pandemic. Um, yeah, so we're going to use our social media outreach to kind of magnify this frontline fund. Hopefully Canadians get behind it and donate, uh, but it is fabulous. And I'll give them credit because they moved really quickly. We reached out to them with a plan because this came at us pretty quick, and they approved it uh, within hours. Uh, so we're excited to be partnered with Frontline Fund uh, and doing some good. David, uh, huge momentum, Sim had before the end of the world happened, as I like to say. Uh, it yeah. was just amazing at some of the numbers and sizzle and traction TaylorMade had and the projection and the numbers. I remember being up at uh, HQ and talking to you guys, I guess it would have been January, and just reforecasting the entire year based on what had happened so early in the season. Then, of course, we got caught off guard with with something that none of us could anticipate. Um, How do we regain that momentum? What happens now? What what is the outlook on the rest of the year? Because we know the product's a winner across the board, so what do we do from here? Yeah, it's the nail on the head. It's, you know, it's interesting. Almost the, you know, the week of us reforecasting our business up to take advantage of the momentum we had around SIM and not just the driver, but the fairway woods, the V-steel technology, uh, you know, P790 irons, the MG2 wedges, uh, golf ball. I mean, it goes on and on. We just were, were hitting on all cylinders in, in every category, it seems. So. Uh, what we want to do is we've got a, a little bit of marketing money set aside. Now, obviously, this event happening on Sunday is going to help us uh, get our name back out there and our brand back out there and our messaging. But uh, we've got social media campaigns planned uh, for the restart of the golf business. Uh, we're getting behind our, our business partners to help them move some product. Uh, we've already set up in-shop with uh, all our POS and point-of-sale activities, so and uh, more importantly, we've been working really hard behind the scenes uh, to make sure we take advantage of the custom fitting. So you won't see demo days with, with masses of people uh, showing up to a golf course, but we'll have uh, appointments for fit days, and we've got all the safety protocol in place uh, to take advantage of that so consumers can feel safe and our employees can be safe as well. David, before I let you go, who's our next victim? You and I are undefeated as a twosome. <laughs> the golf courses are opening. You're on your way to King Valley to uh, have your first round on Canadian soil of the year. Uh, we just, you and I got to, you know, put our heads together and figure out who the next challenge is for Team Undefeated. Well, let's take on DJ and Rory if they have them. <laughs> what do you think? I, I like your chances. I like your chances against Ricky and uh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I guess that you never know. Uh, with enough candy, Dave, with enough candy, you never know, right? Yeah, that's right, buddy. Thanks so much for taking the time. And thank you always as uh, TaylorMade support of uh, Golf Talk Canada. Our, our decade-long partnership is incredible. We love it. Uh, we love being part of the team, uh, being ambassadors and part of Team uh, TaylorMade Canada. And we wave the flag, and we're proud of it, and we're looking forward to Sunday. So enjoy your round, and thanks so much for taking the time with us this morning. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Appreciate it. The action starts 2 p.m. Eastern on TSN and CTV. They've got the Golf Channel coverage of the TaylorMade Driving Relief Match this Sunday. More GTC coming up next. 
This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Hope you're on the way to the golf course. You got a lovely day for it. Peg it up to kick off the 2020 season. Speaking of the 2020 season kicking off, last week we kicked off 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We gave away a Sim Driver. This week, Sim Fairway Metal, a Sim Fairway Metal, and a My MG2 Wedge Program. The My MG2 Wedge Program, the personalized wedge program from TaylorMade. It's a combo prize. For week two, the only way you could have won is if you followed us on social media at Golf Talk Canada for Instagram and Twitter. If you followed us, you had a chance to win as we give away close to 20000 in prizing throughout the year with the grand prize, a custom set through the bag. This week, congratulations, Mike Kinderchuk. Mike Kinderchuk of Saskatchewan, you win the Sim Driver and the My MG2 Wedge. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win bob we're giving away close to twenty thousand apprising you and i are not uh, able to participate but i know you're looking forward to getting out there and pegging up some of your new equipment i know you waved it uh, once already this year at uh, a just for men commercial shoot when's uh, when's the first tea time in 2020 on canadian soil uh, we're scheduled tomorrow morning for a little nine-hole round at uh, 10.30, so I'm going to ease my way into it, and uh, hopefully the weather will permit me to do that, and then again on uh, back on Monday. So a uh, couple rounds in the books, ready to go, and I'll uh, be able to go through. I, I did test it, as you said. I played a few rounds with, or a few shots, I should say, with the, with the gear when we were down in uh, Dominican taping those commercials, but I uh, haven't been able to go right through the bag right now, so I'm really looking forward to that. You know, uh, Toronto Hunt Club, uh, only a nine-hole facility. And if any of my uh, friends and fellow members are on their way to the hunt this morning to play golf and, and go out and enjoy it and, and have a great time. Nine-hole facility, as you know, Bob, uh, so they are have decided only nine-hole tee times uh, for the foreseeable future because one of the areas of the Toronto Hunt, or for any golf course that is a nine-hole facility, when people want to play 18 or choose to play 18 – that crossover effect where the new group is starting off their first hole, but the group leaving nine that is crossing over to their 10th hole, some congestion, some confusing confusion, excuse me, maybe some issues with social distancing. They've decided nine holes only. The minute you uh, put out on the ninth green, you must uh, uh, leave the property immediately. I think that's probably the safer, the safe play. And also, by going to nine holes only, they're going to give a lot more opportunities, a lot more tee times available for members to get out and play golf, which right now is becoming a challenge for a lot of places. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, there's a huge surge right now. We were talking about this off the top of the show. There's just a huge surge of everybody wanting to get out there and everybody wanting to play because you've been cooped up and you've been uh, looking at the walls, I think, for, for most of the last three months. So it is uh, it is going to be tough in the first going, in the early going, to try and get a tee time, first of all, and perhaps, you know, a, a adjust to the new rules. But uh, just the fact that we're able to play golf, there's a lot of sports that would love to be in our position right now that just can't be right 
and and so I think uh, enjoy the golf, however it comes, however it looks, and however many holes you play. Now, on the other side of our break, when we kick off hour two, we're going to kick it off with some scully time, and we're going to talk a little bit about all-time three-dub at the PGA Championship, because we would have been handing out a PGA Championship this past week, and uh, we're going to have to wait till early August uh, for that uh, PGA Championship. The PGA of America is still uh, suggesting that it is highly unlikely that we will see fans uh, in San Francisco for that PGA Championship, although August is still quite a ways away. The interesting side of this is uh, off the top of the show today, we d- we suggested that maybe next week we dive a little deeper into what's happening at the Memorial, which is a lot sooner than the PGA Championship, yet the people, the, the organization committee at the Memorial, the tournament committee, uh, PGA Tour, etc., looking at smart technology within uh, badges that can track traffic, track the in- individual on the golf course, and they suggest that through this radio frequency and these smart badges that they can wear, that they'll be able to uh, help with social distancing. What was your first reaction, Bob? I know we're going to dive into it deeper next week, and maybe we can reach out to somebody from the Memorial and see if we can have them on, and we can dig into this a little deeper, but your first First reaction when you read that article that they were looking into or the announcement was made that they were looking into some type of smart technology, almost like they're herding cattle in a way. It is bizarre. It's like almost like they're putting chips in cattle and say, okay, we know where you are and we can steer you around and avoid congestion, etc. To me, man, this seems like uh, still a little pie in the sky thinking, but uh, seem to have some traction. <laughs> yeah, I, I had two thoughts. The first one was like, you know, I have a a chip in my dog, so if he runs away, I can find out where he is. Um, and then the other one was kind of it's a little bit big brotherish, isn't it? Where they kind of know where you are at all times. But I, I think, listen, if 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 that's what it's going to take to get people to be able to watch a golf tournament live, then then I think there's enough people out there who are willing to forego the the, the personal space invasion, if you want to call it that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if they come off. I thought it was also interesting this week that uh, Kerry Haig from the PGA of America, the guy who who basically sets up the golf courses and runs the tournament, did say that they have a plan B location uh, basically in place in case they can't go in San Francisco. So, um, well, you know, California has some restrictions right now, as do a lot of states. So it'll be interesting to see over the next few weeks and next few months how everything kind of unfolds with uh, professional golf and the major championships on, on all the different tours. I mean, we're still waiting to sort of hear what's going to happen with PGA Tour Canada. And I know Scott Pritchard has is, is been talking about they really are sort of hamstrung until the Canadian border opens. So um, it's going to be interesting. And, and again, it's going to require a lot of patience from a lot of people to, to before we get to see the, the golf the way we want to see it. Bob, in terms of plan B for the PGA Championship, I've heard Valhalla and I've heard TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course at Sawgrass, as the other potential uh, plan B for the PGA Championship. Those are the two I've heard. Have you heard anything different? Have you heard an addition? No, those are the ones that I've heard, and those are the ones to me that make sense. Obviously, the PGA of America has uh, has an ownership stake in, in Valhalla, so they have a little more leeway there. And in Florida, they seem to be a little more um, lenient in terms of <laughs> was, what they're allowing. <laughs> there, I was waiting way to, put to it. see how you were going <laughs> to position that one. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, uh, there's a story I did up on uh, TSN.ca talking about the 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 match tomorrow and some of the lengths that they're going to. It's and and Jerry Foltz will get into it in our interview. 
interview with him a little bit later. But uh, it is interesting to note that they had to get a few exemptions from the Palm Beach County uh, municipality to to ensure that they uh, well, so that they they were going to basically break the rules that are in place for golf but not by a large margin. So they got some some exemptions there, and I'm sure they could do that if the PGA Tour wanted to come or the PGA Championship wanted to come there as well. Before we wrap up Hour 1, Bob, where did they land, or have you heard uh, where they landed on what's going to be inside the cup? Because when we talked to Jerry the other night, uh, they were still lean, uh, wondering, are they going to use some type of pin caddy system, sanitize the bottom of the cup, have the noodle in the bottom? They hadn't landed there yet, uh, I guess, with the municipality and, and the governor, et cetera, as well as part of the rules in Florida. Do you know where they landed on that? I don't know. I was actually asking the guy who's the tournament director is a good good Canadian boy named Ryan Hart, who's from Winnipeg, and he is yeah, normally the no tournament Ryan director. Well, yes. Yeah, normally at the Players' Championship. That's that they, right. They brought him in there to, to look after that, and I know he said he drove down from uh, from Jacksonville yesterday, and or sorry, two days ago, and said he's basically been going nonstop uh, since that, trying to figure everything out. But uh, I'll, maybe I'll shoot him a quick text here and see if we can get it on before the end of the show. Well, I am uh, happy that it's back regardless, and regardless of where they land, it doesn't matter. We've got live golf for the best players in the world on TV tomorrow, 2 p.m., ET, CTV, TSN, TaylorMade Driving Relief. We'll kick off Hour 2 next with an all-time three-dub and some scully time for the PGA Championship. Don't forget our video podcast drops every Wednesday afternoon on tsn.ca, myself, Bob, Adam, as we uh, take a look usually back at the year where we were a year ago in the world of golf and tackle all the news and headlines midweek on our Golf Talk Canada video podcast. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is back next week. We're giving away the new Tour Response golf ball. Six dozen Tour Response golf balls next week. That's right, six dozen Tour Response. That's enough to get you through the season. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram for your chance to win. And we've got some news as well on Golf Talk Canada Television. We're back August 1st for an all-new season of GTC TV. We'll be all over the airwaves on TSN Radio and TV with Saturday Morning Radio moving to TSN 2, as well as remaining on the TSN Radio Network and our weekly TV show back for a 10-week hardcore run to get you through the major championship season, the playoffs, and the Ryder Cup. That kicks off August 1st. 60 more minutes of GTC coming up next with some Scully time and some PGA Championship. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC Hour 2. Congratulations to our friends at Woodington Lake. What a successful opening for the Ontario golf season. Of course, no different at Woodington Lake. They are jam-packed and sold out right through the long weekend. Still uh, keeping our eye open on that Ontario Open, as Bob suggested in Hour 1 with Scott Pritchard and PGA Tour Canada. A lot depending on that border right now. So we are uh, awaiting and kind of just seeing what happens there. Now welcoming in to the program, master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. Skulls, what's going on this morning? Are you chomping at the bit? I'm not sure about you guys, but it sort of felt like Christmas morning when I woke up. 
like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's the excitement around that. I've got a tea time in. Ooh, the math is hard. I'm te- I'm teeing off at ten forty eight this morning, so ooh. it's not too far away. Are you playing with Mama and Papa Scully? What's the group today? Not pl- not playing with the fan. Pl- playing with a couple boys today. So just in threesomes, obviously. So I, I mean, my first decision is picking out the outfit. As you well know, that's of the course first good decision part. on the golf course. Starts yeah, in the closet. Yeah, first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. So I'm gonna have some good Adidas gear on, ready to go. I've got the bag all ready, and and the golf course looks mint. I was up at Bayview briefly yesterday getting stuff out of my locker and talking to our head pro Dustin Curtailer and we're going to use pin caddies which I'm intrigued about this year and I'm just looking forward to getting out and playing some golf and hopefully not losing 100 golf balls. I guess we'll find out. Before we get to your uh, three-dub PGA Championship, uh, opening hole at uh, Bayview is a par five. Will the first competitive official swing of 2020 be a recoil. That's all I want to know. Oh, well, I mean, I think depending on if we film the swings, we were discussing that last <laughs> night, if, if we might have to Instagram live them potentially. So I would say 100% yes, and there will definitely be a club twirl wherever the ball ends up. I, I'm envisioning <laughs> a driver six iron into one today, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, I love it, Adam. All right. Uh, we should be uh, handing out uh, a Watermaker trophy, but we're not, right? Uh, instead, we're looking to uh, forward to August, and Bob and I are talking about potential backup locations, and hopefully TPC Har- Harding Park gets to hold its PGA Championship. And I, I, I'm, I love that golf course. Had the opportunity to play it a couple of years ago. Uh, great spot, great venue. Hopefully, that's the case. But let's take a look back. You know, we've been looking back a year ago in the world of golf, etc. But this week, like we did on our video podcast, an all-time winners weird and what PGA Championship style. You, Bob, and I are gonna. Uh, give our, our all-time three-dub. What's yours here in the PGA Championship world? What's your all-time three-dub? Yeah, all-time three-dub for the PGA Championship. My winner goes back to 2017 when Justin Thomas won at Quail Hollow. You remember the 10th hole. He had a birdie putt from about 8 to 10 feet, and his ball hung on the lip for what seemed like an eternity. About 10 seconds later, the ball dropped, ended up with a two-shot victory. We all remember the celebration Justin Thomas had, sort of similar to the Michael Jordan uh, shrugging his shoulders sort of thing when uh, when he had hit some clutch shots and some Canadian content as well. During the same week, Graham Dillette, his back was in agony. He almost didn't tee it up that week. On the Saturday, he went six under in a four-hole stretch, nearly making back-to-back hole and aces on a par three and a par four. Uh, certainly uh, very memorable for Graham Dillette there and for Justin Thomas. My weird for the PGA Championship, this goes back to last year at Bethpage. You know, there's the expression, when nature calls. And John Rahm was playing with Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth. And during the second round, John Rahm wasn't having the best of days. He was five over par. And maybe he had too much water before teeing off. But as DJ was lining up a shot at Bethpage Black, all you see on television is John Rahm sprinting towards a tree and having to relieve himself. So I, I guess, uh, boys, as they say, when nature calls, am I right? Yeah, it's. I remember it was hilarious. It was just straight down the gut. It's amazing that happens as often as it does. We have two or what, two or three bathroom-type moments a year on the PGA Tour. Do you remember yep. the match play guys a couple of years ago in Austin with the uh, porta potty door slamming in the middle oh, yes. of a key moment? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, a great, there's a great story about uh, Fulton Allen's caddy Going into one of the portalettes and dropping the uh, the yardage book down the hole. 
it. Remind me to tell you that one time. Probably not suitable for the for, for this morning, but. It, oh, and there was also a, there was also a great moment I believe it was last year when on the European tour Turrell Hatton was mid backswing and his fiance at the time slammed a porta potty in a swing yes. without him knowing. <laughs> yes. So yeah, some bathroom moments definitely happen uh, all the time on the on the PGA Tour and European Tour. Uh, my what for the PGA Championship? What a finish in 2014. Rory McIlroy essentially winning in the dark, a two plus hour rain delay. So McIlroy was forced to tee off with Bernd Wiesberger in his final round at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time. Tough to get it all in. As you all remember, they played the final hole, the 18th hole, essentially in a foursome with Ricky Fowler and Phil Mickelson. Phil wasn't too pleased about that. Phil almost chipped in for eagle in the dark with Bones tending the flag on the 18th hole. And Rory McIlroy is forced to make a challenging uh, bunker shot about 35 yards, then two putted from 50 feet or so in the dark. It's hard to believe, fellas, that that's Rory McIlroy's last major championship back in 2014. Man, that's unbelievable that it's been that long considering what he's accomplished in between. And guys, if you just turn the grill down from high to medium, you will not burn your Wiesberger, just an <laughs> FYI, for now that the barbecue season is starting. All right, Bob, all-time three-dub PGA championship. Well, my winner is a guy who probably doesn't get enough attention in our era because what he did was so, so long ago. Walter Hagen has won uh, five PGA championships, and he did it all in seven years, and this is back in the 1920s. But uh, it was uh, match play back then, and uh, the, the Hague, uh, who was noted for, for uh, his, his ability to uh, provide lots of gamesmanship, which, of course, worked perfectly in the match play area, uh, era, I should say. Some of those uh, included showing up in a Rolls Royce dressed in a tuxedo that lo- looked a little bit sort of rough around the edges as if he'd been out all night and his opponent would think, <laughs> oh yeah, this guy's hammered, he's there, or he's got a hangover, this should be an easy match. And he would do little things like that, have some fun with uh, with the game. But he was a great player, obviously, because he won five in seven years. Bob, uh, this Monday night on Off the Hosel, it is episode three from the French Lick Resort in French Lick, Indiana. We play... The winner gets the Walter Hagen experience at French Lick, Indiana, because Hag won one of those five you're referring to at the Donald Ross course right there in French Lick. Wow. I did not know that. There you go. That's, that's this the Monday Walter night. Hagen experience. Walter <laughs> Hagen experience sounds, sounds interesting enough that I'm going to tune in for that one. There you go. <laughs> My weird is that uh, the PGA Championship, of course, moved from May back to August. That's the intended date right at the moment right now. Um, and it's, it's moved around a little bit. Of course, we know as, as it used to be always the last of the majors, and now it was the second of the majors, and I think it was uh, a good move for it because it kind of got it out of that last and least position. Um, but but the, the tournament actually has moved around quite a bit. And during the 1960s, this tournament was held the week after the Open Championship. I can't imagine having two major championships back-to-back. Of course, different time, different era, uh, different rotation. And, of course, was why a lot of the players didn't either. They either had to choose one or the other. You couldn't mm-hmm. necessarily play both back in the 60s. Or if you did, it was a minor miracle if you got there on time. The other one that was really interesting, though, was back in 1971, that the PGA Championship was held in February. And that's because the PGA wanted to do it in Florida at PGA National, which it owned, which is a fairly new facility at the time. But it's, uh, it's interesting to see how this tournament has actually moved around over the years. Bob, the February one was mind-boggling to me. When you mentioned that to me earlier this week, I, I had no clue. I have memories of 
you know, watching video and watching, obviously, uh, international team competitions, Ryder Cup, et cetera, from PGA National. I have no, I had no memory of a February or never heard of a February PGA Championship. That was brand new to me. Just wild, just wild. And my what is, what a performance by Y.E. Yang. Yes, Y.E. Yang <laughs> back in 2009. He became the giant slayer, the first guy to knock T.W., Tiger Woods, off uh, in a major championship when Tiger had been leading after 54 holes. And when you go back and look at things in Tiger's, you know, through, through Tiger's eyes or who his big challenges have come against, there's two at the PGA Championship, obviously this one with Y.E. Yang, and then, of course, back in 2000 with, with Bob May. Now, not to say that either of those two players were nobodies, but certainly they were not the kind of guys you would think would be the ones who would knock Tiger off of this, this streak that he was on. Um, an unusual win, but a huge win in the first major championship for a golfer from Asia. And that's a great segue, Bob, because I will rip through mine as we're running a little late here in the segment, and we've got to get to Mike Kelly from Golf Ontario coming up next. But my winner is the 2000 PGA Championship, the duel between Bob May and Tiger Woods, and not just the playoff because the the playoff has some iconic moments, but just remembering what even had to occur on the 72nd green in order to get to that playoff, just so impressive. It may be uh, one of the best moments in the last 20 years, Bob, that we've seen in any major. It was dramatic. It was amazing. Uh, I was I was lucky enough to be there at that time for that one, and that playoff was just. Uh, I mean, even the last five holes of regulation play was just r- remarkable. They went blow by blow, right right through all the way to the final. Unbelievable. Uh, my weird. Who can forget Bunker Gate in 2010? Uh, sometimes we forget that Martin Keimer won the PGA Championship, but uh, Dustin Johnson. Uh, with the the penalty on the 72nd hole, they had the communications out on the golf course all week. Do not treat the bunkers like waste areas. Treat the bunkers like bunkers. Those are the rules. Do not ground your club. And in the biggest moment of the week, Dustin Johnson grounds his club on the 72nd hole. What a bizarre, bizarre moment for DJ and the world of golf. In 1991, what a way... To come out. What a come out party. We heard the stories of this guy with a mullet smacking balls outside of the driving range, running out of uh, real estate on uh, what at the time I believe was either the Nike Tour or Hogan Tour. Eventually it would become web.com and now, of course, the Corn Ferry Tour. But John Daly, Bob, ninth alternate, squeaky on the bag as Nick Price would have to be the last player to withdraw due to the birth of his child. And John Daly would show up peg it up, and become a legend overnight with a PGA Championship victory at a time when a golf course, Crooked Stick at the time, was this big, unfair Pete Dye Stadium course like PGA West, like TPC Sawgrass, the Keough Island. Back in 91, too much golf course, players were suggesting, not for John Daly. (laughs) Nope. No, John Daly is. There's nothing normal about John Daly. Absolutely <laughs> nothing normal about John Daly. We will leave it. We will leave it at that. Adam, have a great round. I'm. I uh, want to see those videos on Instagram. I want to see some recoil. All right, brother. I can do my very best, my friend. There we go. All right, Skulls. We'll talk to you uh, later this week on our video podcast. On the other side, Mike Kelly, Executive Director, Golf Ontario. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com.
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Well, earlier this week when the news broke, Ontario heading back to the golf course, we had an emergency GTC on TSN 1050 Thursday night. We reached out immediately to the executive director of Golf Ontario, Mr. Mike Kelly. Mr. Mike Kelly, Mike, we've had you on a bunch of times. We've been waiting for to the, the announcement today. I just I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you we'd be golfing by the long weekend. I just want to say it. Yeah, you did. You did, and I knew you'd bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Bob and I were talking immediately off the top of how, uh, I don't want to say surprised, but let's say pre- pleasantly surprised we were with the flexibility in the best practices of the protocols that came out uh, earlier today from the province. We think it's a big win, and I think the uh, now it's on us. How did you feel? Yeah, well said. No, absolutely well said. And I think, you know, I think that... Uh, um, that these measures that were provided by the government today is actually a reflection of, to be honest with you, a lot of work that's gone into it the last uh, call it month or so, maybe a little bit longer, um, with our We Are Golf industry partners um, working, you know, around the clock behind the scenes. Um, I think you know our owners and operators and professionals and superintendents. Um, we're very proactive, put together resource documents that showed that we know what we are doing, and and we're willing to retool and pivot our operations to ensure that we are providing a safe environment. I think, you know, that had, I, I'm, I believe that played a, you know, a meaningful role in, in what came down today. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think you said his press conference too. I mean, yeah, you know, I think they have, they have um, a lot of belief in, in the golf industry that can ensure that this new um, opportunity for Ontarians to, to get some recreation, they can do it at a golf course and they can do it safely. Mike, what, what was the what was the whole process between you guys in, in physically dealing with the government back and forth, uh, and and then trying to get the document out today? I know it's sort of a short notice to try to get that, but walk us through the kind of behind the scenes stuff that went on to get this to where we are now. Yeah, well, it started probably again. I'm, I'm going to say about a month ago um it started with uh, the creation of the jobs and recovery committee uh so that when they created that they really they really provided uh, an opportunity and a mechanism for us to really tell our story and and why golf should be part of the first phase of reopening and and we started with a letter that again so just for um your listeners that uh, again this is uh, you know we are golf so that's the it's golf ontario it's the ngcoa the owners and pga professional golf course superintendents and, and general managers and and we collectively um you know put together a letter that articulates uh like i said uh, a, a story that we all believe in and and um but it was backed with uh about four pages of of health measures and and best practices that we were willing to implement and a lot of this just came from from the individual 
individual stakeholders, whether they're being superintendents providing some of the um, you know agronomy side of side of the operation or clubhouse and, and golf ops and, and things like that. So it all rolled up into one document. And um, we, we provided that, and then it was a lot of back and forth. And I know a lot of golf course operators were involved in the process and, and were huge and instrumental um, as part of this as well. And um, engaging with MPPs that were on that Jobs and Recovery Committee, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, together with what we were doing. And it really was, a, a, you know, a, a collective win. And, and uh, you know, I've said this all along that we are, we're all in this together and, and we have been working, you know, hand in hand to, to get it done. We, you know, be honest with you, we probably had three to four letters, maybe five that, that ended up going. Uh, we hit the Jobs and Recovery Committee, and then we reacted to seeing what, what was going on in other provinces. So we saw some of the tea time intervals coming up, uh, 20 minutes of Saskatchewan. So, you know, we, we felt the need to write the committee and say, listen, we, you know, it doesn't need to be this. We can manage it. Um, and again, we were successful there. And then we wrote again to uh, to try to get us open for for this weekend, and really, and then focused our efforts on the chief medical officer. So, you know, it was we kept pivoting, uh, making sure the messaging was was putting the, the the you know the health and safety of our of the people that are working at facilities, and of course, guests and golfers, you know, first and foremost. Um, and then, obviously, you know, there's a there's substantial economic benefit to the to the golf business. So it was. It was collaborative. It was regular communication. It was a lot of pivoting. But, you know, in the end, uh, you know, I think we handled it really well. With Mike Kelly, Executive Director of Golf Ontario. Mike, the people have been asking me all day, uh, like, very specific questions about what to expect when they get to their golf club. And I've tried to answer them as as well as I could with, with really a lot of the answers uh, being uh, it really depends on where you're going to be playing golf because some, some places will have twosomes, threesomes, some places will allow foursomes. Some people at private clubs are saying, if you know, because you're a private club, if your husband and wife live in the same household, you can both take a golf cart. If not, you got to be in a golf cart separately. So, again, there there is some flexibility. It depends on where you go, what you're playing. The one question I keep get getting that I haven't seen addressed, and I can't imagine that it's going to count, but I keep getting asked, will we be able to count any of these rounds in COVID-19 protocol towards our handicaps or towards a version of our handicaps? I have not had an answer for them, and I was just kind of amazed if we would be able to do so. Where are we on that? Has that even come up yet? Yeah, it's come up um, when it comes to, you know, entering scores and, um, you know, the World Handicap System just um, just launched this year. What a year to launch the World Handicap System. And, <laughs> you know, and, and our team's killing it in terms of, you know, Golf Canada and, and the Golf Ontario team and even in, including our volunteers and webinars and obviously lots of time for people uh, to, to learn that system. And, and yes, yeah, scores, you know, can count. I mean, it's, it, but I can tell you that, um, golf course, each golf course is treating it differently. Um, you know, and I think how you apply the measures and, you know, there's a calculation of most likely score and, and boys, we're not going to get into it now because I am the last person who needs to get into the weeds on that one. But it's, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I think golf clubs are going to handle it differently. And then when you talk about that experience, right, the experience, your normal golf experience is, isn't going to be normal, but it's also going to be, it's going to be variable depending on where you play golf. I mean, it's, it's just the reality with, you know, the flexibility we've been given by the government. Um, will will you know, golf course with golf courses will implement that in different ways. And, and I think when you go to bucket tee time, you'll start seeing that and you'll start seeing whether you're being told to show up no more than 20 minutes beforehand, 
um, you know, or maybe there's a little bit more leniency that way. I think you're, it's, um, like I said, it's going to be different from course to course, but I think the most important thing is that everyone exercise a bit of patience, um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, we're all in this together and, and we're all trying to do the right thing and, and make sure we're providing a safe environment and, and patience probably a little bit of patience on behalf of everybody will go a long way. I think, um, as we all try to figure this out, but you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be on a golf course Saturday morning. Um, and, uh, that's, that's a great thing. Beyond the golf course, if you can get a tee time, it's pretty jammed up out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to put you on the spot, Mike, but I do want to ask you this question, which is another one that I've been getting on social media a lot. Do you know anything about driving ranges and whether they'll be allowed to open? I don't, actually. I'm working on that uh, to see, to get specific guidance on that. So um, I, I, we'll, we're, we're we'll working on in, it. We'll check in with yeah. you when you get that then. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Mike, before we let you go, just out of curiosity, and again, I know it's early days. I know this just uh, spat out a few hours ago. But now that we're open for golf, now that there is protocol in place and the wheels are starting to uh, at least roll downhill a little bit, does this put any of the uh, maybe some of the events, some of the championships, some of the things you had on the calendar that you thought maybe were gone, does this put, put some of that back in play? Uh, possibly. <laughs> so it's getting health a lot too. So, and you know what? I feel bad because it's, you know, we, we just got these health measures today. And, uh, we're, again, I think I might have told this to Bob earlier. It's just, you know, if I could have had this, you know, one more added week to this to give us a little bit of, of, of breathing room to figure it out and, and how this applies to our championships. As you guys know, every program we run is heavily supported by volunteers and clubs and club volunteers and, and so, again, uh, you know, health and safety will be priority number one as we evaluate, you know, different options. Um, you know, but I can, let me tell you this, guys. Um, you know, the announcement came out at, what, 1.30. Um, we, we were, you know, very quick to Twitter. And I can tell you that the collective excitement of Golfers in Ontario took down our website in a minute. 17,000 hits all at one time, and our website was down. So it's uh, – and actually, I've seen a lot – from golf courses that are reaching out, their systems have been down too, just with all the volume. And good thing is our website's back up. And uh, you know what? Um, every I, I can tell you, we're going to do everything we can uh, to continue to provide you know best in class service and, and services. And and uh, you know we'll find, we'll uh, we'll we'll know a little bit more as the, in the coming days and weeks. Now you know how we feel every time we put up a new Adam Scully workout video, Mike. <laughs> it just crashes well the said, system. Well yeah, yeah, d- totally different, de- uh, different demo. By the way, that Bob and I usually attract to the Golf Talk Canada community. <laughs> yeah. so, let's just say, Mike, thanks so much for your time. We know it's early days, and this a lot of this is brand new, and we still have to figure it out. But what it is is uh, really weeks and weeks of work uh, from all of you uh, in in the, the stakeholders, the governing bodies, etc., working towards today and working towards Saturday. So we appreciate your time. Uh, I'm sure you'll be on uh, with. With us <laughs> again very yeah. soon as more information comes and i know uh something that you'll be uh saying over the next several days and over the next several weeks that i want to kind of put a bow on this and and really press this to our listeners tonight we don't get a mulligan on this <laughs> uh this is our opportunity to show that we can golf and follow the rules and keep courses open and, and keep the ball rolling this is not our opportunity to uh to forget what we're dealing with and, and shut our industry down again so thanks so much well and said. you know you're welcomed on at any time 
Yeah, well, well said, guys. And just if I could give a quick shout out to my team, uh, staff, team, and board. Uh, again, it's it's uh, everybody's been working around the clock. Um, it's not been easy, um, but I, you know, we certainly appreciate all their efforts. And uh, um, and thank you again for all of your support, guys. Mike Kelly from earlier this week when we got the announcement that the province of golf was opening. And just a quick uh, thank you to Mike Kelly, to Kevin Thistle, to Lawrence Applebaum, to everyone who, who just made their time so available to Bob and I in the last seven, eight weeks as we kind of went through this process to keep information uh, current, to let us know what was going on, what was trying to happen behind the scenes as we work towards today. Golf back open in the province of Ontario, pretty much open across the board as we await now Quebec on May 20th. Well, participation in golf is not the only thing that's back. Professional golf is back. 2 p.m. tomorrow, CTV, TSN, TaylorMade Driving Relief. We'll preview it next with Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Yeah, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Speaking to our friends at the Muskoka Bay Club, Bob, opening day at Muskoka Bay this upcoming Friday, May 22nd. They kick off the 2020 season at our, the Muskoka Bay Club, one of my favorite places to go play golf. So it, it t- tends to open up. You know, there's certain golf courses that, that when the day they open, it's like they open up in mid-July form. And I know a lot of those are in, like, the city of Toronto, but as far as getting as far north of as Highway 7 as Muskoka Bay Club is, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they open up in mid-July form every year, and I expect no difference this Friday. Absolutely incredible. I, I figure there's probably a lot of superintendents around the country who are going to be crying today because uh, for the first time there will be divots taken and ball marks made. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> They've had the courses to themselves for the last month. All right. Before we uh, set up and throw to our interview with Jerry Fultz, who will be part of the Golf Channel coverage team for tomorrow's return of professional golf on television, a live TV event, tailor-made driving relief from Seminole Golf Club, Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler, the underdogs, taking on Rory and DJ. Ryan Hart, who we know as the tournament, tournament director at the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, and who is a fellow Canadian, is uh, also part of this event at Seminole Golf Club that you mentioned off the top. He was making his way down to Seminole uh, this weekend to be at this event. We uh, opened up today's show kind of scratching our heads, wondering did they come, did they land on uh, on uh, a situation for the Cups? Originally, they were talking about disinfecting the inside of the Cup. Were they going to use some type of pot- piping, a pin caddy? It was still up in the air as of Thursday night, you reached out to Ryan. Did you get back to us with an update? 
He did. They're going to have regulation cups in play. The cups will all be sterilized. Uh, only PGA Tour official Mark Russell will, will be removing the flag, and the players will be sanitizing their hands right after. So um, they've got an exemption. Again, this is one of those other exemptions we were talking about from Palm Beach County to do it in this this manner, and they feel that with just the four players involved, they're, they're going to be safe uh, doing this method. Well, if there's one thing I learned uh, growing up uh, playing a lot of competitive hockey, Bob, is always sterilize your cup. That's uh, We'll just leave <laughs> exactly. it at that. All right. Bob and I reached out to a good friend of ours, Mr. Jerry Fultz, and he truly is one of the good guys in the game of golf. There are some uh, wonderful people in our game and at a broadcast level as well, and Jerry Fultz is one of them, and he is Lucky enough to be part of the return of golf uh, tomorrow. Again, TSN and CTV will have the action 2 p.m. Eastern from Seminole. TaylorMade driving relief. We reached out to Jerry to set up the return of professional golf. Our friend Jerry Fultz, and Jerry, as uh, he said to me uh, via text this week, anything to come on with you and Mike. Uh, I think he called you, Bob, his curling sensei. Jerry, how are you tonight? <laughs> I am good. And you're right. I give I give any reason. I would do anything to have a reason in the world to talk to Bob because he is the most understated, uh, knowledgeable, and professional man I've ever met in golf media and other things as well. He's one of my favorite people. So you notice, wow, Bob, how he is... left the PGA Tour radio team out of this when he said that? Did you notice that? So, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> hey, uh, hey, Jerry, you got uh, you got a big job this weekend, and and you're going to be one of the few people who's actually on site. What what are the preparations been like? Thanks for reminding me, Bob. And Mark, I take back everything I just said, by the way. <laughs> I'm already nervous, and then you just throw it right at me like that, Bob, for crying out loud. Um, yeah, there's going to be like eight people on the course. Four players, two rules officials, myself, Steve Sands, and Karen Stupples, who's going to be doing yards and spotting uh, with our team. Obviously, you know she's my life partner. Um so, yeah, that, that's it. That's all that's going to be on the golf course. And God knows how many million eyeballs will be on the TV watching. So I'm nervous as hell. I've never done an event like this. Nobody has. Uh, we've never done it with this kind of production element, which is six handheld cameras all on foot, no scaffolding, no nothing, a skeleton crew, and, and an intimate look at golf. And uh, I, I just don't want to screw it up. And, and I'm convinced I'm going to. It's one of those recurrent nightmares like when you, you know, when I've, when I would play professional golf, I always had the recurrent nightmare that the tee boxes were too close to the tee sign and I couldn't take the backswing. And I always wake up when I'm trying to, I'm having that nightmare. I am going to mess this up. There's no question about it. Not a chance. Uh, not a chance at all. And first of all, Jerry, it doesn't matter. We're all so bloody excited to, to, to listen to you and see you and watch the golf that you guys could basically put up anything on Sunday. We'd be happy to see it. Uh, you know, it's an interesting format. Um, the graduated increase in skins is going to be fun. Half a million dollars sitting on that 18th hole. I like the way they've changed up the format, makes it a little interesting, change it up a little, give people something they haven't seen before. Yeah, well, the, as, as any skins game, the you know the skins progress through time, but there's also a different, uh, a few other 
uh, prize funds that other sponsors have donated to and the public can donate to as well. And so what, the, the difference in this being that you will see players putting out even though their partner's already in with a birdie or eagle because every birdie gets twenty five grand, every eagle gets fifty grand. They reserve the right to change that later in the day because uh, I think it's farmer's insurance perhaps, uh, excuse me if I'm wrong, um, is, is giving uh, up to a certain uh, amount a whole lot of money for that fund. So that's, that's a little bit different. And then the last hole being worth a half million bucks. And if they tie, we go to the 17th hole and play it from 125 yards, which everybody's excited to see. And uh, and then if they tie from there and time permitting, we go to the 125-yard tee box again. Uh, well, actually, I think I'm giving out inside information here, but all right, too late. Uh, <laughs> and then closest to the hole will win for a half million bucks for the two chairs. The uh, the CDC Foundation and the American Nursing, uh, I don't know the exact title of it, but to help the first responders. Jerry, what do you think in some ways, I know there's only, as you said, there's going to be very few people on the course and there's only going to be four players. In some ways, is this kind of a sneak preview of what golf's going to look like in the future on a smaller scale? I think in the near future, yeah, Bob. And it could be that way for a while. Who knows until we get a handle on this, would it be a therapeutic, a cure, or a vaccine? Um, yeah, it's going to look like this. Uh, I think um, there'll be a bigger footprint from a TV standpoint and from an infrastructure standpoint at, at Colonial than what we're putting on this. But we're doing this for a reason because Palm Beach County has has restrictions on what we could do, and it's the first tournament to be seen. Um so there'll be a bigger footprint on it, but not much. Uh, and I think, I think this is what we're going to see in uh, in the near future, and then perhaps in the extended future. Because once you prove you can do something this, you know, well, and I, I know Tommy Roy, and I know our NBC team are so committed to making this the greatest thing ever, with the exception of the fact that they're stuck with me on the broadcast. Um, I know once you do, once you prove you can do it like that, then it's like when the bean counters are like, well, let's do every week like that. We just save so much money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 there is there is a, uh, and, you know, with the new uh, deal with, uh, with NBC, Comcast, uh, PGA Tour for the rights and the extended contract with the LPGA and PGA Tour going forward um, and PGA Tour Live, I think we're going to see a lot more coverage similar to this, which, and I'm excited about it, Bob, because, and Mark, it gives you a little bit of the, the, the look and feel that we see when we're out there and not that you see when you're watching TV with the elevated cameras and what have you. We'll have the aerials, but we'll, all the cameras are going to be ground level. And it gives you that, you know, that PJ tour live look and it gives you that inside the ropes feel like we're just all out playing golf together. Listen, guys, uh, none of you know what it looks like from five foot, seven and a half with that radial gear strapped in you. I basically stare at the back of Nota Begay's uh, back all day is what I look at when I'm walking the fairways. Okay, so you guys you guys are all looking over my head. Let's be honest. We're with Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel. He's part of the broadcast team this Sunday, the TaylorMade Driving Relief. Jerry, there's you know obviously uh, three huge stars, an up-and-coming budding star in Matt Wolf, but is the fifth star here and the and one of the kind of uh, hidden blessings for, for, for some of the golf community that is not familiar with Seminole, that the fact that the opportunity we get to see Seminole Golf Club at a competitive level on a national TV scale? 
Um, uh, first off, I don't. What height do you have to get before you start counting half inches? I'm just, just curious. I'm <laughs> 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 um, sorry, Mark. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, if this were just a golf channel broadcast, I would say Seminole would likely be the star of the show because it's a niche audience, and we have our loyal viewers in in the U.S. and, and Canada as well. Um, that tune in because they they want to see Seminole because they're golf lovers. Uh, this is going to get the passive fan, not just the avid fan. And so most people are tuning in to watch live sports, to watch live golf, and to watch Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and Ricky Fowler. Um, but Seminole is a huge curiosity factor to those people that you, all three of us, interact with on a daily basis. Maybe the biggest curiosity factor, because I've never been there. I've read and seen so much on it in the last two weeks, but I've never been there. But we've all heard about it. And we've all heard the reverence with which it's – with the way it's described and uh, I can't wait to see it. We get to go down Saturday early and do a drive around, walk around and have a meeting and what have you with nobody there. And, uh, and then broadcast it Sunday. I can't wait to see it. I talked to Zinger earlier today. He's played it a million times, Paul Azinger. And, uh, he's like, man, you're in for a treat. He goes, it might seem a little underwhelming when you first walk out on the course, but give it a look, see, pretend like you're playing it, pretend like you played it a couple of times and it'll be one of the greatest courses you've ever seen. So on paper, this looks like a lopsided win, but I, I heard Dustin Johnson on the press conference today saying that the first time he touched a club since that first round of the players was uh, last Sunday. So I don't know. Is there is there a way you can make this uh, the underdogs, not so much the underdogs here? Yeah, no, I listened to that too. He's he actually later uh, later in that call he admitted that he had hit balls a couple times, which basically meant that last Sunday was the first time he touched the club. Um, but it was the first time he hit the golf course, played a hole of golf in what seven eight weeks. Uh, I, I I I give the nod to Wolf and Ricky. They've been playing all the time. They've been playing a lot of golf together. Now Ricky's been playing left-handed with Justin Thomas, playing with Persimmons, doing all this that we all keep up with on social media. But they've been playing a lot. Rory. I listened to him on a radio show about two weeks ago. Maybe it was with Brad Faxon. He talks about how hard it was to get motivated to go practice if you don't have a goal in sight. At that, this point in his career, it's all about goals. Golf is not is not a fun thing for him. It's a job. It's a career. It's it's his life. And how hard it was for him to just get motivated to go practice. And you know, DJ. I mean, he's that guy rolls out of bed. He could he could go in a coma for six years and and come out and hit the ball three hundred twenty yards straight down the middle. Um, so he's not worried about it. But I give the I give the nod to Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler. And I know Justin Ray. You guys both know Justin Ray, fifteenth club, formerly Golf mm-hmm. Channel researcher. He put together a little stat that said <laughs> since since Matt Wolf has joined uh, joined the tour head to head matchups in tournaments where Rory and Dustin were playing he's 0 20 and 1 so they're they're, they're <laughs> huge underdogs but they've been playing the most they they got that cowboy that Oklahoma State cowboy thing going i'm giving the nod to them Oh, I love it. Calling the dark horse should be fun, should be exciting. It's a great cause. Live sports back. He is Jerry Fultz. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Fultz GC from the Golf Channel. He'll be part of the coverage Sunday. Jerry, thanks so much for doing this with Bob and I tonight. I hope I get to see you soon out on the road when our radio duties pick back up in June. And please say hi to Karen for Bob and I. Uh, give her um, our best and say hello for us. I will. Save She's sitting right here. She said every. She said hi back. Sorry, Bob. Save some bread for us. Save some bread for us. I got plenty for you, buddy. <laughs>
<laughs> Jerry, thanks. Have a great night. Well, and, uh, enjoy it on Sunday. Jerry Foltz from the Golf Channel. Jerry Foltz, uh, he'll have the call along with the rest of the Golf Channel team tomorrow. 2 p.m. Eastern, CTV TSN has the action. Tailor-made driving relief as professional golf returns to television. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show. We have some TSN broadcasting information, golf-related for you, some Golf Talk Canada information for you, some off-the-hosel information for you to wrap up today's show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back. If you were not lucky enough to get a tea time for this afternoon, we have you covered starting at 1 o'clock. PGA Championship replay starts kicking off with the 99 Tiger versus Sergio versus Weirzy from Medina, followed by Rory in 2014 at Valhalla, which Scully was talking about a little bit earlier. That action of PGA Tour Championship replay starts on TSN at 1 o'clock. If tomorrow you were planning on playing and you wake up and it's 11 degrees and a sideways rain because the forecast, God knows, it depends on where you're getting it, isn't what you want, it's okay. We got you covered too because 2 o'clock Eastern time, CTV, TSN, tailor-made driving relief as golf returns back to TV. If it's Monday night and you're sick of reruns, we got you covered there too. If you're a Bell 5 TV scriber, off the Hosel, OTH, Episode 3, the Walton, Walter Hagen experience from French Lick, Indiana. You heard Bob mention Hagen winning five PGA championships. He got one of them at the Donald Ross course. We played the Pete Dye course for this episode of Off the Hosel. 8,100 yards. We pegged it up from the tips. 8,102. Scully recoil fest on Monday night on Off the Hosel. And if you just can't wait until next Saturday... For more Golf Talk Canada, we got you covered there, too. Every Wednesday afternoon, tsn.ca, the new Golf Talk Canada video podcast drops. Bob, other than hitting your five-yard soft draw down the middle of the fairway at Weston <laughs> and playing exactly to your number or maybe one and a half shots better for your first time out on Canadian soil, what do you have planned for us this week on uh, tsn.ca and in Bob Week's world? <laughs> well, we got a few more stories coming out uh that we're hoping to get, uh, we're going to take another look at somewhat how the caddies are surviving. We did that a few weeks ago, but we're going to have a little more in-depth look at, at how the caddies are, uh, are getting their ways to uh, getting ready to get back into shape to carry the bags because we know they're not going to carry any bags this weekend, right? Those guys are carrying their own bags out there. So we'll look at that a little bit. And I got a couple of other ideas as well. So, uh, lots to, there's, it just seems like the news keeps breaking week after week after week, no matter what we've got going. There's not a dull moment around here in the, in the golf world, even though we haven't had a, a PGA Tour shot hit in three months. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think once that broadcast 
hopefully goes uh, seamlessly tomorrow and, and it's for a great cause and people have professional golf back on TV. And I already know Colonial, it's on, it's on the calendar. It's there for us. We're all waiting for it. But I really think in the next seven days after tomorrow's broadcast, we're going to get even more information coming out from the world of golf. Some other things that we're kind of waiting on. And I think people are going to go, okay, it's here. We went, we played. It was responsible. It happened. Let's go. I think that could happen in the next seven days after that broadcast tomorrow. And it's only going to get uh, more fired up when we see Tiger and Phil and Peyton and Brady play the next weekend. So uh, lots, lots to look forward to, even though now the most important thing is that you can get out and play. Yes, go play. Have a great time, Bob. Next week, I think we need to, obviously next week we'll have to set up uh, that match that you just referred to, Tiger, Phil, Brady, Manning. We'll have to uh, line somebody up to set up that big match. We'll also maybe dive a little deeper and uh, do some poking around on what the memorial with that, that badge technology. I find that so interesting and uh, so out there, but it might be the new way of doing things. So we'll look at that next week. Don't forget, uh, 20 Weeks TaylorMade is back. This week we gave away the uh, M2 uh, excuse me, the Sim M2. Where's my head? We gave away the My MG2 <laughs> wedge with the Sim Fairway Metal. Next week, six dozen golf balls. That's right, six dozen tailor-made golf balls. It is the uh, what is the name? I got to get the name right. So Tour Response. My uh, my apologies because I'm a TP5 guy myself. The Tour Response, which is the brand new golf ball that replaced the Project A. This is the brand new golf ball that replaced the uh, Project A. Six dozen Tour Response golf balls. We're giving them away next week, 20 weeks of TaylorMade for anyone who follows us on social media at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Get out, play golf, be safe, follow the rules, enjoy it. Golf back in the province of Ontario. Golf back by the 20th of May, coast to coast in Canada. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.